Welcome to Community Christian Church. My name is Ed Martin. I'm one of the pastors here. We're really glad you joined us today for week four of I Can Relate. For the last few weeks, we've been looking in this series at the greatest teaching of Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. And particularly at this particular point, we're looking in Matthew chapter 7 and how Jesus talks about our relationships and the damage that can be done by common things that we do. So we learned that, you know, when judgment gets brought into a relationship, we do damage to the other person when I'm constantly looking at them. So what I need to do is realize that in a relationship, the purpose person that I can change is, is me. So I don't focus on the speck I can see in your eye. I look at the plank in my eye. And even as I begin to fix that and work on that, even if I continue to see what I could offer you advice on, I don't offer my pearls of wisdom in a force your down your throat kind of way. I respect the relationship and I wait until it's appropriate time when you are open to the advice. All the things Jesus is talking about are work that I have to do in relationships and every relationship requires work. It doesn't matter whether it's a friendship or it's a marriage or it's parenting or it's a work relationship. Nothing just happens right in a relationship unless we're working on it. And so today, Jesus is going to talk to us about another relationship that we have uh, with, our, with our Father, God, and he's going to talk to us primarily about this area of the way we build our relationship, which is prayer. Now, when surveys are done about these kind of things, we find out that 9 out of 10 people in our country say they pray. Uh, in fact, more people pray than exercise daily or who drive a car daily. In fact, of the 9 out of 10 who say they pray, three-quarters of people say that they pray every single day. But if you ask people, do you experience the power and presence of God through prayer? Is prayer like a life-giving kind of exercise for you? Lots of people say, well, not really. It's just something I feel like I should do. And for some people, it's more like a good luck charm. It's just, I don't really experience power in life out of it. It's just something that I, I feel like I should do. I don't think I'm doing it exactly right. And maybe that's always been the case with human beings because there's a recorded time where Jesus and his closest disciples, they, they watch him pray and then they say to him, hey, would you teach us to pray? Because when we see how you do it, we don't think we're doing it right. And the interesting thing to me is that when they ask Jesus, hey, would you teach us to pray? Jesus doesn't say to them what I've had people glibly say to me of, hey, you don't need anybody to teach you to pray. Prayer is just talking to God. Just say to God whatever you want to say. And in your own words, there's no real way that you should do it. Instead, when Jesus' disciples said to him, Hey, Lord, would you teach us to pray? Uh, he said, Okay. And he gave them a model of how they should pray. And we've already looked at that in this series. It's called the Lord's Prayer. You can go back and find that message. But today, he comes back to it. In this section, when he's talking about relationships and the damage that happens he wants to talk to us about prayer because prayer primarily is not about me getting what I want from God prayer is not about me getting God to do something that I need him to do in my life prayer is about me relating to someone prayer is not this way of everything working out the way I want it to and so I can get a, a deity on my side to make that happen prayer is about me it's about me having a relationship with God prayer is where Christianity becomes relational. So Jesus wants to talk to us about this in detail. And it's what he winds up talking to us about is, I think, the number one reason that most people don't experience power and presence. It's one of the reasons that often people give up on prayer. Jesus talks about 
I think, the number one frustration with prayer. In fact, if I were to say to you, uh, how many of you have had a time where you knew there was something that God wanted because you read that that's what he wanted to see in people's lives and you prayed it for a specific person and not only did it not happen, it got worse. Uh, I know people that would say, hey, I prayed for a specific person with a thing that I know would be good for them and that God wanted to see happen in their life and they got worse. In fact, I'm still married to them. This thing of you ask for something and you know it's the right thing and it doesn't happen, it's why many people give up on prayer. It may be the reason you gave up on prayer or why you gave up on God. And what's interesting is that Jesus addresses this frustration. And here's why I'm glad he did, because what it says by Jesus addressing is that there isn't anything wrong with you or anything wrong with me that that happens to us, and there isn't anything wrong with God. What Jesus is saying by addressing this is, this is common. This is just what happens. So today, I want us to look at what Jesus has to say in the Sermon on the Mount. And for this whole kind of series, we've been looking at the way it's recorded by one of the eyewitnesses of Jesus' life, a guy named Matthew. It's the very first book in the New Testament. But today, I want us to look at another account of this same teaching. In fact, you know, Jesus didn't just teach this teaching one time. Matthew records it in this one big section. But, you know, when you have great teaching, and this, it looks like it was the core of Jesus' teaching, you teach the same thing over and over. And there's another guy who writes one of the uh, biographies of Jesus' life. He's not an eyewitness. Instead, he's a scholarly historian, and he says, hey, I, I went out and interviewed all the eyewitnesses. I looked at all the facts, and I wrote down an orderly account of the life of Jesus. Uh, his name's Luke, and I want you to see how he records this teaching on prayer. The same thing that Matthew says, but he adds a detail in this time. Either Jesus said it differently or Jesus added this detail with this group of people, and I think it helps with this frustration. He launches into this discussion about this longer frustration right in the middle of, of, of teaching about prayer. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm just really glad he did because for me, when... You pray for something, you know it's right, and you don't get it. You begin to think, is something wrong with me? Is God mad about something in me, or is something wrong with God? Is he just not what everybody said he to be? But Jesus addresses it, and he addresses it right after he teaches them this model of how to pray. And when Jesus addresses this frustration we have of, hey, you're praying for something, you know it's the right thing, but you don't get it, when he begins to teach them about it, I want you to notice he doesn't say, and here's what you were saying wrong. He doesn't teach them something set to say to get what they want. Instead, he, he tells them what to do. Here's the way Luke recorded it. Then Jesus said to them, these are his closest disciples he's talking to, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A, a friend of mine is on a journey, has come to me, and I have no food for him. So you're in bed, and a friend comes to you, and he knocks on your door, and he wakes you up, and he says, look, a friend of mine came and asked me for something to eat, and I didn't have it. Now, that's a major faux pas in the Middle East. Hospitality is the height of what they do in their culture. And so he goes to his friend and says, give me something to eat, and he disturbs the whole thing. So Jesus says, imagine you have a friend who had a rude friend, and that rude friend turned your, rude fr your friend into a rude friend. He came to you and woke you up in the middle of the night. And they're thinking what some of you all are thinking. 
thought we were going to talk about prayer. And Jesus is like, hang with me a second, I'm telling you a story. Then suppose that the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Now, if that isn't clear, let me see if I can help. And, and the way I want to try to help is to explain what you see in that little scene by, by giving you something that you do know about. Uh, maybe there's a time, imagine or remember a time when you went camping, and I'm not talking camping in a cabin. I'm talking about you went camping, tent camping. And you had a bunch of people, your whole family, four or five people, they're in one tent, and your in-laws come, and all of y'all are in one tent. Uh, well, that was normal kind of sleeping conditions in the living quarters for people in the Middle East in the time that Jesus talked to. This is this crowd. Their dwellings would often have one or two rooms, and when they'd get to bed at night, uh, everybody slept in one of those two rooms. And all the men would be in one area generally, and the women would be in another area. And so it was hard to get everybody to lay down. Children, everybody, you got to get them down, get them to sleep, and turn the oil lamp out, and you just hope everybody, nobody moves. I mean, you know, if you've ever been camping like that with a bunch of people in a tent and everybody goes to sleep and then one dude has to get up and go to the bathroom, it's a nightmare. So Jesus says, imagine you got everybody asleep and then this rude friend comes and knocks on the door and you say, don't bother me. You get the scene, Jesus says. I tell you, though he will not get up and give you the bread because he's a friend, Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And the word, the word that's translated boldness there could also be just be persistence or he just won't let go. He just keeps on banging on the door. The fact that the guy will stand there and bang on your door until everybody in your house is up, the whole tent's awake, and you just finally get up and go, here, leave. That's what Jesus is saying in this parable. Now, some of you have been around Jesus and his teaching and the church long enough to know that when we tell one of these stories of Jesus, this is the way it goes. You have to go, okay, somebody in that story is me and somebody in that story is God. In fact, I can just imagine the disciples of Jesus uh, listening to this and going, okay, we asked him to teach us to pray. He gave us that model, then he launched into this story about this, and so... I think we're the guy who's knocking on the door because prayer is sort of like knocking on the door. So if we're the guy knocking on the door, that means God is the grumpy neighbor? Jesus, are you saying God's like a, a grumpy neighbor? That, that doesn't sound right to me, Jesus. See, this is one of those stories that when you read across it, you don't really get what Jesus is meaning in it. You, you don't understand what he's trying to say, but... If you understand what Jesus is trying to teach, it's really not all that confusing. It, he's saying, if you want something from God, then you just, you just keep knocking on the door until you irritate him to the point that he gets up and he goes, oh, here. Not because he loves you, but because you irritated him. God bless that to your heart. See you next week. See, there's something in us that just wants to sugarcoat that and go, ah, that couldn't possibly be what he's saying. But really, if you think about it, you've probably seen this in life too. If you have kids, and I had kids, and now they're grown, and I, so I have grandkids, you've experienced this kind of thing. There's a time when my grandkids will come to me and they'll go, Papa, can we? And I'll go, no, can't right now. Papa, can we? Uh, no, 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 that's not really, it's, it's too late, it's dark out. No, Papa, can we? And I'll go, okay, 
fine. Let's go do it. You know what I'm talking about? They just wear you down over time. Now, my love for my grandkids isn't any different before or after that little interaction. I'm not all that really irritated them. I love them just as much on either side of there. But every once in a while, if they just keep after it, I give in. My, my kids would say not every once in a while, all the time, I give in to my grandkids. Uh, but if they just keep on, eventually you, 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 let them, you let them have what they want. Now, if they come to me and say, hey, hey, Papa, can we have ice cream? I'm like, yes, we can, because I am set on ready to do that. But there are other occasions where I've been with them, particularly the older two, and I'll say to them, they'll say, Papa, can we do something? I'll go, no, we really can't. And they'll just go walk away and say, okay. And there's something in me that goes, oh, come on, let's go do it. What is that? Well, it's just their attitude, it moves me. Their willingness to either accept my answer or their persistence to get at me, it's just their attitude. Now, here's what I want you to think about because you've seen that too. What is that in me? Could it be that that thing in me that reacted to my kids that way and now reacts to my grandkids that way, could it, could it be that thing that you've seen in you with your kids and people you love that, that's somehow a reflection of our, our good parent, God? Could that be a dim reflection of me of what goes on in our good parent? Is it that any accident that when Jesus said, hey, when you pray, pray our Father, God's like your father. Could it be in that thing in me that allows me to, them to talk me into stuff and they just keep on and I finally change my mind and I go, all right. Could that thing be a reflection of our good parent? I think Jesus is just saying, hey, God isn't bothered by your persistence. In fact, God is honored by your persistence. God isn't irritated by the fact that you don't get what you ask and you just keep coming back. God... God isn't irritated by the fact that you ask and you ask and you ask and you get nothing and nothing happens and you just keep coming back. So you ask and you ask and you just keep coming back. God is not irritated. God's not bothered by that. That doesn't show a lack of faith. That shows faith in God. God isn't irritated by that. And sometimes, sometimes he says, okay, okay, here you go. Jesus could not have made it any clearer, I think. When you pray, of course you come and you you pray, our Father who art in heaven, God, you are so great. You made all of this. And I believe your name ought to be hallowed by everybody in the world. And I surrender my life to you. And I want what is in heaven. I want it to take place down here. But not my will. Yours be done. And then you tell him what you need. And when you don't get what you ask for, you just keep asking and keep asking. You have the potential to change the heart of God. You have that potential. Now, let me read to you how Jesus interprets it, just so you don't think I missed it. Jesus says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And the significance of that is not like I've heard people teach. I think I have taught this in the past. It's not some kind of progressive ask and seek and knock and some kind of formula to get what you want. It's not what Jesus is getting about. He's making an emphasis here. He just says, keep on asking. Keep on asking to the point you become a seeker. and Keep on seeking to the point that you just have to keep knocking. You seek to the point you just keep on. You just keep on coming at God. God, I know you're in there. Come on, I'm going to. God, you've got to hear me. 
Here's what the Father wants you to do. Here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to ask and seek and knock and ask and seek and knock and ask and seek and knock and just don't give up and just keep coming back and keep coming back. And sometimes, sometimes your Father will give in. Sometimes he will respond because God is not offended by your persistence. And sometimes he's moved by it. Then he goes on in the next verse. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You got a story. Okay, I I know what Jesus said, but I have... I know of this lady, and she was asking for her, and then she didn't. I, I know. And hey, there was this fellow one time that I was related to, and he had this thing with his wife, and he just kept on, and it, I know. And hey, there was a time when I asked when I was a kid, and I just came at it again and again. Okay, I, I get it. I understand all of that. I, this is what Jesus is addressing. I get all the exceptions. In fact, all of us happen. In fact, Jesus himself could say to them, hey, my friend, my friends prayed for their brother Lazarus to not die, and he died. We know on this side that the disciples don't know when Jesus is talking, but we know that Jesus himself is going to pray. The night before he's killed, he's going to pray, and he's going to pray to the point with such persistence that he sweats drops of blood. Jesus is so persistent, and he just says eventually, Okay, I've done everything I can. I get that. What Jesus is saying is you don't let go of what you're praying to until you absolutely have to let go of it. Because God is, not, God is honored by your persistence, your faith that you just keep on coming. You just keep on bringing it back up. God's honored by that. Now, I, I have seen so, this happen so much in, and some of you over the years, I've, I've seen this happen again and again and again. That you just keep asking, you just keep asking, you just keep asking. And then sometimes, years later, it just happens. My mom was this incredible praying Christian. In fact, I'd, I don't remember a time where I ever saw my mom go to bed that she wasn't sitting there praying. In fact, one time after she had dementia even, it's not the dementia, I just want you to hear the relationship. I I called her on the phone and it was just starting and she answered the phone and I could hear her already talking to somebody. I said, oh mom, who are you talking to? Who's there? And she said, oh, I I was just talking to Jesus. And she was talking out loud like she was, I thought it was, I thought there was somebody literally there. Maybe there was for her. Well, my mom She prayed persistently for my dad's dad, my grandpa, the first Ed Martin. She prayed for him consistently to become a follower of Jesus for 20 years. And then finally in his 80s, he did. And if you had known my grandpa, I mean, he was a good man. He was a strong man. If if you'd known my grandpa, you'd have told her to give up. I mean, my grandpa didn't want anything to do with the church. He, He hated preachers. He didn't want them on his land. He didn't want them on his property. He he had all kinds of things. He just hated the whole experience. He was a big believer in science and the progress that could be made through science, and he just struggled with the whole thing. And then one day in his 80s, we go over to his house, and there's a preacher sitting in there, and they're laughing and talking, and then a few months later, my grandpa was baptized. He became a follower of Jesus. And the last few years of his life, 
totally different. They were totally different than before. I think about a guy who was in his 50s when I first met him, became a great close friend of mine. He's dead now, but when we were starting this church, he'd come see me every morning. He just encouraged me. He was a single man. He'd never been married. Every morning he would drive from where he lived. He'd come down and he would see me. He'd try to encourage me. He'd talk about don't let people get in your way. I believe in you. You're going to get this thing done. He was so lonely and he wanted to connect with people and he wanted to be married. And here he was in his 50s. He'd never been married. And he just kept praying, God, bring me the right person. God, bring me the right person. And in his 50s, God hooked him up. And he married this lovely lady and they were so happy up until his death. Now, I know some of you are thinking... Ed, that story is not encouraging to me. I am, I am not waiting until my 50s to God to hook me up with the right person. I am, I'm single, and I don't want to be single, and I'm praying to be married, and so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray on Monday that God will get me somebody, get me the right person. I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray for a while, and then I'm going to go on out on a date, and I'm going to pray that this is going to be the right one, and I'm going to pray that God's going to make it the right one, and then I'm going to get married, and when I get married, I'm going to pray that they make it a happy marriage because I would rather be unhappily married than happily single. I, I don't want to be single. And I prayed for a month. I prayed for a year, and God never brought them. Jesus would just say, hey, don't give up. Just keep asking. Because every once in a while, every once in a while, maybe more than every once in a while, if we could see the grand scope of what God sees in this place, God, God responds when we just keep coming and we keep, we won't give up. We just won't let it go. We keep knocking. We keep asking. We keep seeking. We keep coming. You know, the other thing that I've seen in this uh, through the years is, when people just don't give up, when they just keep coming at the same thing again, sometimes, sometimes in the process of focusing on this thing that you just know God wants and you, you can't understand why it's not happening and you just keep praying, you keep praying, you keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking, sometimes, sometimes God does something in us as we're praying. I've had it happen many times where there's, there's Parents are praying for a kid that's off track, or there's someone praying for a marriage that's off track, and they're just praying, God, make this right, bring it together. God, make this thing right, make it right. And in the middle of praying it, in the middle of praying it, they finally come back and they go, oh, I know why God couldn't make it right, because there was, there was stuff wrong in me, and God couldn't bring us together until he got me together. And it wasn't until we were in the middle of praying that God says, hey, you're the one I'm talking to. I can't fix you guys until I fix you. Are you willing to say Thy will be done. And in the middle of praying, with the focus praying on the thing, God revealed to them what they needed to change, how they needed to change before anything could happen. They'd just be willing to surrender to him. I'll tell you something else that I've seen happen. When you just don't give up and you just refuse to quit and you just keep on asking, somewhere in the middle of praying for this thing, you realize, oh, I've been praying for the wrong thing. I've been asking for the wrong thing. But I'd never known that I was asking for the wrong thing. I'd have just blamed God for not giving me this thing. I, I just kept drilling down and kept drilling down. And eventually God goes, hey, what you want's over there. What you're looking for is over there. Why don't you start asking for that? All I'm saying is that when you pray consistently, when you pray persistently, when you just won't keep knocking, God will do something. Everyone who asks receives something. Everybody who seeks finds something. God will do something in the middle of it. 
And every once in a while, every once in a while, if you just don't give up, in the middle of it, God might give you exactly what you want to. But if you quit, you wouldn't be in the place to eventually see it and go, wow, that was unbelievable. God is honored by your persistent prayer. He's honored when you just say, God, I know, I know, I know, I need this. God, I'm praying for this. And he says, okay, okay, I'll give you what you want. And every time, every time, he does something. Because Jesus says, if you ask, you will receive an answer. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, a door will open. Because when you latch on to something and you just say, God, you're so great. and You made everything I see. And I want to honor you. And I want what you did on earth, to, in heaven, to, to come to earth. And your will be done in my life, God. And I acknowledge this thing I'm working on. It's just, it seems impossible. And if you don't do something, I am totally dependent on you. So I'm just going to keep asking for it. I'm just going to keep seeking. It will not happen if you don't do something. I'm not trying to make it happen on my own. If you don't provide this, it will not happen. You are the great God, and I know you can do this. And I'm just going to keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. God looks at that and goes, I love that. I love that. So here's the question. What are you diligently praying about? What, what are you that diligent in praying about? I mean, be honest. Is there anything that you're so locked in on that you know can't happen unless God does something? And every, every time you get ready to pray, this thing comes to your mind, and so you just pray about it. And every time you go, God, you know, I know I brought this up before. God, I just need you to do this. And I know it seems possible, but here again, I am again. I'm asking, God, I just need this to happen. Please bring him to you. God, please heal our marriage. God, please make the stone heart begin to melt. God, please take care of this. Is there anything you're so consumed with that all the day-to-day -day light stuff that everybody else prays about, you know, keep them safe and watch over them and God bless them and all those kind of things, they just melt away in the light of you going, God, I need this. Is there anything you are honoring God with by being that diligent and that, that there's that magnitude of concern in your life that matters to you that much? If not... You are missing out on seeing God do something great in this world. And you're missing out on seeing him do something great in you. Jesus, I mean, he could have focused on a whole bunch of stuff when he wanted to teach them about prayer, but instead he focused on this. He said, I know it's frustrating. You pray and you don't get, so here's what I want you to do. You just don't give up. You just don't give up. You just don't give up until you have to give up. You just keep on asking. You keep on asking. You keep on asking because God is honored by your persistent prayer. And sometimes, sometimes he gives you exactly what you asked for. And every time, every time he responds to your quest, every question gets answered. Every door gets opened. You just keep asking. Every time he does something. There are a couple of things, you know. I've been praying for this church for almost 29 years. And I'm not going to tell you what they are because uh, 
them just because. And I don't have a strategy for how to bring them about. I don't even know how they can come about. And if I said them out loud, some of y'all might not laugh out loud just because, you know, you wouldn't want to disrespect me. But in your heart, you go, that's okay. And I know at this point, I may never see them. I may never see it take place. That's okay. I'm just going to keep on asking and keep on praying and keep on asking. And I know God is going to do something. What are you that committed to? What are you that adamant about? Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, I have something like that, and I really need it, and I know it's what God wants, but I'm afraid if I start talking to God that regularly about that, God's going to want to talk about this other thing. Yeah, I know. So Jesus says, hey, come on, come on. Just tell, you, tell your father how great he is and how dependent you are on him and how much you want to see what he's got planned in heaven to come about in earth in your life and surrender yourself. I can't surrender. Okay. Well, then you're just going to keep praying these little prayers that they don't matter that much to you. You're not going to feel the power and presence of God. You're not going to build this relationship with your Father in heaven, and you're going to miss what God might do in the world through your prayer and what he might do in you and the people you care about. And I don't want that for you. And God doesn't want that for you. And Jesus doesn't want that for you. So he just says, hey, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on praying, because sometimes, 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 God opens the door and he gives you exactly what you want. And every time, every time your relationship with God is built, if you just don't give up. So I want to ask you to bow and pray with me right now and ask God to give us that kind of persistence. Father in heaven, I'm so thankful for the opportunity we have to know you and to know that you hear our prayers and that every time we pray, Jesus is right there with us. He's praying for us. The Holy Spirit is uttering words that we, to make our words the way they ought to be, and we're bringing it before your throne. And Father, I pray for people here that are they're struggling with whether you really hear them. God, then give them a heart to trust you and to just pray and pray and pray. Help us to be a church that just won't give up. We just keep asking to see your will come to pass. God, thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you next week.